0: Listening to this week's message from Freedom Church. For more info on freedom, visit freedomdl.com. Thanks for listening. Hey guys, how are you? I'm excited. Um, I have a word. I want it to come off encouraging. Uh, I was telling someone in between services, I said, it's kind of a tricky word. I said, because, well, the title of the message is The Evidence of His Goodness. Y'all know the song we sing, I see the evidence of his goodness all over my life. Well, in order to see the evidence of his goodness, sometimes we have to go and see the badness, the bad of it. Sometimes you get, so we were having this conversation. And so it was said that sometimes you have to see the whole picture. And what I mean by the whole picture is that, you know, the Bible says we only see in part. But when Jesus Christ returns, then we will see in full. But we can see the whole picture as we know it right now. And in seeing the whole picture as we know it right now, we've got to be able to see the bad, and then but we've also got to see the good, because if you always, well, we're going to get into the message. So anyway, it has been an eventful morning. It's hot outside. I just want you all to know that uh, it's been an interesting week for me, and this morning, uh, I just want to tell you, Mr. Cottonmouth... Uh, is not coming to church. He didn't make it to church today. He went on to see Jesus in person. We had a cottonmouth in the garage. So I was about to go let the dogs out this morning. And Mr. Cottonmouth, I let the, ooh, ooh. Oh, That hood came out way too quick, Emily. <laughs> ooh. All right. So anyway, um, it has been interesting and we are here and I just want to, I'm excited about the message Uh, I'm going to tell you a little bit about me in the process of it, and uh, I hope you are able to glean certain things out of it for your life. Amen? I want to just say a little word of prayer before we start. Father, I just thank you for the Holy Spirit here, Lord. I just thank you for doing your will in their lives. I'm asking you to do what no man can do in the lives of your daughters and your sons. In Jesus' name, amen. So I want to begin this message with uh, this scripture. I'm going to begin with it, and then I'm also going to end with it. Uh, Proverbs 16, 9. It says, The heart of a man plans his ways, but the Lord establishes his steps. Establishes his steps. We plan to do... Oh, I'm, that's the end part. Never mind. So has anyone ever said, Everything about my life is hard? Everything is hard. Going to the grocery store now is extremely excruciating. It's excruciating. It's just hard. Well, let me ask you a question. I realize that these words might be, very, might be true for you, so I want to ask you this question. Are you fixated on the inevitable challenges of tomorrow? In everyone's lives, tomorrow never seems easy. You always got to deal with something tomorrow. You got to deal with the bills tomorrow. You got to deal with the doctors tomorrow. You got to deal with the kids, school shopping tomorrow. You got to deal with the kids getting back in a routine. I got to deal with this. I got to deal with that. It never seems easy. We say stuff like, "God, I just want a break." Just break me off a piece of that KitKat bar. That's what I'm saying. In his st- Okay, so here we go. I believe that God is sovereign. I know he's holding all things together. I know he's holding you and I together. And I'm comforted to know that the secret things belong to the Lord. Here's the importance of the secret things. Colossians 1.17, it says, And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. So what's so important about that? Well, because we are told to abide in him And if we abide in him, he abides abides in us. Ain't nobody gonna hold you together on this earth except Jesus in our temporary place as we sojourn here, we sojourn here. So what I wanna share with you is that through my life, I have been forced to live within circumstances I didn't ask for. Do you have circumstances that you've had to live within that you didn't ask for? I wasn't raised in the admonishment of the Lord. I was raised heathen. I I wasn't raised in a Christian home. Y'all see the after Jesus. Y'all didn't see the before Jesus. It was a mess, and I would fight you in a heartbeat. But we have Jesus now. Amen? So I was raised in a home where we didn't go to church. We didn't talk about God. Uh, There was no prayers. There was no this is right or that's wrong. Um, by the activities that went on in the house, there was no moral standards in which we lived by. Maybe you can relate. So what I have done is I have actually wrote a book of my story. It's called The Last Supper, Forgiving the Judas in Your Life. And it's not what you think. You have to read the book to know why it's titled like that. Its outside, it's out there, it's on Amazon, you can buy it. My life was filled with a lot of abuse. There was a lot of sexual abuse, there was a lot of, there was assault, uh, my younger years. and so I had a lot of junk to get over. So when I gave my life to Jesus Christ and he became my personal Lord and Savior, and I started walking down this road with him, I'm like I don't I don't know what I'm doing. So here's what here's the deal with people who are in abusive situations is that I this is my term I call it the great pretender. We become the great pretender. I was great at mocking how other people would act or what they would say, their mannerisms. I would, I would mock that because I didn't have that at home. And I definitely didn't want them to know that something was wrong with me because then they would know about that, and then if they would know about that, that that was shame on me. So I had to walk this long road. And in the process of walking that, I had to go through uh, some trauma counseling. And I started to doubt God. I was angry at God. Because God, if you are my heavenly father, how could that happen? If I am so precious to you, and if I'm your daughter, how come you didn't protect me, God? I was angry, y'all. When I said I was angry, it like blocked. It stopped my whole process of healing. It was, y'all, it was like a dead stop. And I was very, very angry. God had to get me through that. I'll share that a little bit later. He had to get me through that. But there's been a process. Like I said, y'all see the after Jesus. Y'all didn't see the before Jesus when I was just a mess, complete mess. I might not say it out loud, and you may not say it out loud, but you've questioned God, you've doubted His goodness. And even though the words don't come out of your mouth, your anxious thoughts, your clenched jaw, and your complaining spirit will reveal your unbelief. You want to know somebody where they're at in life? I call it taking a temperature. But what do you do? I'm calling somebody. I'm going to take their temperature. Your words will reveal where you are. If someone is trained to hear certain words, they know exactly where you are. But God is a good God. I want to take you through four steps today so you can see the evidence of God's goodness in your life. And like I said at the beginning, sometimes we're going to have to look at the bad to see the good. I don't want y'all to get way down here. Because it's really up here. It's just that delicate balance. He's never left you. He's never forsaken you. When God's sovereignty doesn't, work, doesn't seem to work out to our benefit, we question his goodness. We fixate on the difficult circumstances which result in discouragement, a failure to resist temptation, and disengagement from our relationship with God. So here's what happens. God, you didn't work this situation out the way I wanted it to work out. This relationship has not worked out the way it's supposed to, God, because we have these unrealistic expectations about God's will for our life, and we say, God, if it didn't work out like this, you're to blame. And since you're to blame and you didn't follow my unrealistic expectations, then I'm just going to go off and do whatever the heck I want to now because you don't care about me, God. We become a spoiled brat and throw a temper tantrum. Right? Right? I'm just speaking real to y'all. Y'all looking at me like, hmm, she's meddling. <laughs> okay. Satan wants us trapped. He hopes we'll wallow in the hardships and doubt God's goodness and neglect to live in a manner that's worthy of Christ. He wants us to neglect that. Don't, he doesn't want you wa- live in a godly lifestyle. Because when you live a godly lifestyle, you're impacting those who see you if it is a true godly lifestyle. In Psalm 34, David's telling us to break free from that wallowing. And he says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see he's good. I can tell you from all the junk that I have been through, y'all, God is good. But you've been through that and you've been through that and you've been through that. Y'all, God's good. I got about two more books to write of the junk, just so y'all know it's coming. Junk one, junk two, junk three, hey, there it is. It's coming. But it's not about the junk. It's about the goodness of God, where he can bring you from, what he can heal you from, how he can provide for you when you have lack. The goodness of God. Our circumstances might not change, but if we fix our eyes and feast our souls on God's goodness, he can change us. Ooh, he can change us. Y'all, if I could just, like, throw a box of, like, a 5,000-piece puzzle out to y'all right now. That was my life before Jesus. What does it look like now? It's not finished because he's still working on me. Y'all ever try to put together a 3-D puzzle? Well, in my eyes, the 3-D puzzle in me is complete right now, but I know I'm not complete. I'm just trying to give you all a picture of how jacked up I was, how broken, how scattered, how worthless, how ashamed, how used, how dirty I was. But God washes you. He puts you back together. In the midst of... Uh, so let's go through these four steps. I have four steps for you. And these are the ways that I have experienced life cha- the life-changing power of God. And now I can see the goodness His goodness in my life. Number one, evidence of his goodness renews our dependence upon him. How does it do it? In the midst of ongoing hardships, it's tempting to think that God must be holding out on us. And if he's as tight-fisted as we think, he must not be trustworthy. Well, I can't trust him with that because that situation didn't work out the way I wanted it to. That job didn't work out like I wanted it to. I didn't get that job like I wanted Right? Ooh, y'all, come on now. So here's what happens. We disengage from God with our unrealistic expectations and turn inward. We either try to fix what's, going, what's, go, what's wrong or make ourselves feel better by seeking relief in temporary pleasures. Sometimes we revert back to old habits, and this is what Pastor Jason called in his sermon series, The Precipice, He titled this one sin loops. These are the sins that we keep going back to. In other words, these are the iniquities that have, that hold us. We can't break free from them. You can break free, but it's only by the power of the Holy Spirit. We revert back because our unrealistic expectations were not met. Psalm 34 and four says, I sought the Lord and he answered me. And delivered me from all my fears. What do you fear? Are you asking God first? Let me ask that question. Are you asking him? Well, I keep asking him over and over and he's just not talking. Well, after you ask, you need to be quiet for just a little bit and allow him to speak to you through the Holy Spirit. He's not a drive-through God where you can pull up and say, yeah, Lord, I want some money, and I need that supersize, please, and go on up and just, like, receive it. That's not how God works. Sometimes it's by prayer and petitioning and fasting, and sometimes it's going day in and day out before the throne of God. Here's what I want to tell you. Keep going before the throne of God. Keep asking because there's going to come a time when you ask, and it's going to happen. It's not in your timing. It's in his timing. Remember that. Like Jason was saying a while back, because you are wanting this, he can't give that to you because it's not ready over here. What you are wanting is God's will, but it's not quite ready. The timing is not quite ready. My husband and I left the church to come and join uh, Pastor Jason when Freedom became freedom in 2019. And uh, we were searching since 2014 for a new home. We had attended another church for five years, and that was nice, but there was always something. Lord, there's something else. God, I know there's something else. I I remember somebody in the church asked me, well, what do you see yourself doing here? And out of my mouth, this response came, I really don't know, but I don't think it's here yet, is what I said. My heart was searching, God, I just want to be free in you. God, there's got to be a better way to do church. There's got to be a better way to love people. There's got to be a better way to connect. It's not religious. It's just not man's religion, God, but it has to be you. And then freedom was formed in 2019. Our church, our home, my home church closed in 2014 after 20 years. Y'all, that's five years. What do you do in that time? You continue to serve and you continue to praise him. Remember in Psalms 3410, it says, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. You don't lack anything when you're constantly seeking the Lord. My question is, in the difficulty of life, what or who are you seeking? What or who are you seeking? Are you seeking your own desires? Do you always have to have somebody with you? Do you always have to have a friend with you? Do you always got to make that phone call to the friend? Or do you first go to the Father and say, God, I don't know what's happening right here, but I need your wisdom. That's how that happens. I need your wisdom. As hard as life may be, I can tell you that God has not abandoned you. As hard as life might be, God has not abandoned you. The moment we think our circumstances are unbearable, we, we must take our thoughts captive. And remember, God is our strength and he never grows weary. Isaiah 40. 28 through 29 says, Have you not known? Have you not heard that the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth? He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint. And to him who has no might, he increases their strength. If you have no power, if you feel like you have no might, pray this scripture. God, I need what this scripture says. You don't know how to pray? Just open the Bible, and you start reading it out loud. And when something's like, yeah, that sounds good, say, Lord, this is what your word says right here. I need this, God. That's prayer. We find in Romans 8 that God enables us to endure trials because he's working all things out for his glory and our good. He uses hardships to produce endurance, character, and hope in us. Romans 5, 3 through 5 says, Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings. Not one. There's an S on the end of that. Okay? Sufferings. Knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the power of the Holy Spirit, through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. He's been given to you. Well, I don't know if I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. If you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have the Holy Spirit. Any other things that you have because of the Holy Spirit? Those are gifts of the Holy Spirit. Okay? God isn't holding out on us. He's near to us. He hears us, and he wants to help us. David's belief in God motivated his dependency how does that happen how does your belief in god motivate your dependency well so we begin to pray and sometimes when we pray we have prayers that are answered so what does that do that deepens our faith that de- that deepens our dependency on god God, you answered this prayer. God, I need you to answer this prayer in my life. God, I'm coming to you with this problem. I'm coming to you with this situation. I have a lack over here. We have a health issue over here, God. We have this situation before us that, God, we have no idea how we are going to walk through it. Lord, I need your help. I'm a little bit weary from walking this out, and I have no might to deal with this. I need your strength when he begins to answer your prayers or when he begins to make a way, when he begins to meet your need, then that dependency grows. I remember Pastor Jason, we have a group of the lead team and and he was saying that it's out, there he sees out, we have this, we have that. And I've just remembered uh, when we signed the, the contract and he was talking about how the money just came in. So my first respond was he has never failed us yet. He has never failed us yet. He has not failed you. If you say, oh, yes, he did. My qu-, you need to take a step back and say, were those my expectations? Or was that God's will for my life? It's probably your expectations. Our dependency upon God is renewed when we embrace his purpose for us, his nearness to us, and we take refuge in him. Psalm 34, 18 says, The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Y'all, we can walk through circumstances and situations in our life that will just absolutely crush us. It's a gut punch. Somebody kicked your feet out from underneath you. I have no idea how I'm going to make it through this. He's close to the brokenhearted. He's close to you. All right, let's take a look at number two. The evidence of his goodness teaches us how to live a good life. Live the good life. Are you living the good life? Well, yeah, I'm living the good life. All right. Well, we've been duped into believing a good life is free of difficulty and discomfort. The good life is filled with rainbows, butterflies, and unicorns. What? We're encouraged to live your best life. YOLO. right, right, because that's what everyone around you is saying, right, you only live once, go ahead and do it, Mm. my question is, is where do our desires lead, where do your desires lead you, our desire for relief leads to grumbling, our desire for comfort leads to a sinful indulgence, our desire for self-control leads to self-reliance, any desire we fail to submit to the Lord will lead to sin. How do I know? James 1, 14 through 15 says, But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. That then desire, when it is conceived, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth How does that happen in our life? Well, we get angry at God. We doubt God because he didn't do what our unrealistic expectations thought he should have done. So we're like, well, I'm mad at him, so I'm going to go and do this. And we indulge in something that we know that is not godly. Well, he still hasn't changed that situation, so we take another step into it. And then we take another step into it. And then it's like we're searing our soul to where we no longer hear the voice of the Holy Spirit that says, stop. Put it down. I need you to turn around and walk out of this room. And we just keep taking a step further away from God. Because our, realistic, our unrealistic expectations were not met. Many people say, follow your heart. Y'all better take a step back and check your heart. The Bible says that the heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. YOLO, oh, just follow your heart. No. Stop. You better follow the Holy Spirit. Lord, I really want to do this. Do you really need another half gallon of mint chocolate chip? Oh, I think I really do need another mint chocolate chip. No, I can't have it now, but it's okay. So David pleads with us. He wants us to turn from evil and do good. He wants us to pursue peace and fear the Lord. All of this is possible because in Christ, Galatians 5 tells us that we are a new creation. The old has passed away, and behold, all things become new. If we've tasted God's goodness and salvation, he increases our craving for more of him. He's the true bag of potato chips. Lay's, you can't have just one. You gotta have it all. Our desires for holiness, he increases. We quit seeking satisfaction apart from Christ and we learn to face every challenge with joy. There's something that happens when you have uh, when, when things are met in Christ now here's what I'm talking about when things are met in Christ is that you have a desire to do something for God you don't know why you have that desire you can't even fathom that you speak into people because you can't even give an oral book report to six people in your college classroom you just like clam up and you're looking at the paper and the teacher saying just read what you see on your paper I'm like I can't see nothing on the paper it's just a blank white sheet of paper But God, I feel like I need to do something over here. And when that starts to take effect, when you have a, when you have a desire to sit and hold the babies and love on babies and sing hymns to babies in the nursery, feed their soul while the parents' souls are being fed, that's a satisfaction that the world cannot compete with. The world can't compete with the fulfillment of God. So, James 1, 2 says, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. Here's what I know. To know, to love, and live for Jesus, that is the good life. And it's ours when we embrace Christ in us and we remain in him. Amen? So, number three. I like number three and four. I get kind of excited about this one because I hope I can aptly share everything that I want to. it probably take about two days, but we'll try to push it into about like 10 minutes or so. We'll see what happens. Number three, the evidence of his goodness transforms us. It will transform you. It will transform your mind. It will transform your family. It will transform your friends. If it's a true transformation, y'all, man, I can't tell you what God has done in my life I can't tell you how he changed my thought process it's in my book right here I go into detail a little bit detail about how he changed my thought process when you were raised heathen and didn't know anything about God when you didn't know any of the little Bible stories that they tell the kids I I didn't even know who Noah was I did not know who little eight pounds seven eight pounds seven ounce baby Jesus was I didn't know who that was either I didn't know. I had to learn. And sometimes it's putting a scripture in and taking out an old thought. When that old thought comes back in, it's saying that scripture that you put in place of that until the scripture sticks and that old thought never comes back again. That's called the washing of the water by the word. It's washing and making it new. Psalm 34 and 5, those who look to him are radiant and their faces shall never be ashamed. When someone gives their life to Jesus and it is a true conversion, I'm talking like you in 100%. You can see the change on people's faces. It's called a countenance change. They, some of, I've seen some people where they almost like glow. They walk around, that smiling. It's a true change. It's the Holy Spirit living inside, changing and transforming. Instead of being trapped in a cycle of doubt and despair, a transformation occurs as we change our gaze from our circumstances and fix our eyes on Jesus. If we stay focused on our circumstances, we'll find, that we'll find ourselves growing anxious, fearful or angry, or all the above. If we look towards the goodness and glory of God, we will be changed from one glory to another glory. 2 Corinthians 3 and 18 says, And we all, with unveiled faces, and we all being completely transparent before God, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. This comes from the Lord who is a spirit. It's only God who can change you. It's only God who can transform you. It ain't a one, two, three, get better kind of thing. It's a one, two, three, let's go and make a change for the rest of our life. And one day, this transformation won't be a mere collection of moments throughout our days. We will see that we have become more like Jesus we will see that our old man is truly passing away and that our new man is starting to emerge. And we like the new man. We like the hope that we have. We like the joy that we have. We like being around other people who have the same joy as we do. Ain't that right, Gwen? You like being around them because you get uplifted. The joy of the Lord can be infectious. I don't know what they got over there, but I want some of that. What if on Friday night we have one DJ, one, 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 one love. Is that right? (laughs) One love, one love. Out here, well, y'all know. Okay, so for the Freedom Friday Night Lights or whatever we're going to have out here, what if we have a whole parking lot full of youth? Some that were walking to the dollar store, family dollar, family store, whatever, y'all know what I'm talking about. They're walking, what's happening over there, man? So they come over, and you got music bumping. Shelby's over here, like, "Mm -hmm." mm-hmm. That's how Shelby dances, y'all, just so y'all know. And then they're like, what do they have? This ain't any concert that I'm used to. And then they're like, I really like this. And somebody gives an altar call. And what if all the teens say, I really want to give my life to Jesus? Because of the joy. Because of the infectiousness of the Holy Spirit. Because of the goodness. People are drawn to goodness. Wouldn't that be awesome? And what if from our youth, from our youth, comes the next revival because they're free to worship God the way that they want to worship God. Y'all, I'm just telling you, you don't know what's going to happen Friday night. Amber's over there. Go speak to her. She wants your help. John, uh, 1 John 3, 2 says, Beloved, we are God's children and what we will be has not yet appeared but we know that when he appears we shall be like him because he shall see because we shall see him as he is that's like seeing in part we only know in part right now but when jesus christ comes and he's revealed to us we're going to know we're going to see it all when jesus returns to make all things new we will experience his goodness and fullness in the full of it We will taste and see that the Lord is good forever when he returns. All right, let's go to number four. I love this one. The evidence of his goodness moves us to worship him. I had this at number one, and I thought, no, I'm going to put this at number three because there's some things in here that I want to talk about a little bit more in depth. But just because it's number four, these are just not in a particular order because this one needs to be done throughout your entire life. It has to be done as a reciprocation of his goodness in your life. And it has to be done because he is God. He moves us to worship him, not the things of this world. Most of the time when I'm bracing myself for the next difficulty, y'all know when certain things are going to happen, you're like, Oh, my God, i got to get myself ready for this, right? So we're bracing ourselves. I find myself on my knees most of the time. Well, not anymore because Jason's not as old as I am, but sitting down and I'm crying and I'm just complaining to God most of the time about what's going to happen. And I typically are asking God, why me? Why do I have to deal with this? Going through my trauma counseling, God, why do I have to deal with this? Why do I have to do this? And walking that forgiveness out and walking that healing out. God, why do I have to do this? They're just sitting over there doing whatever they want. Why am I having the one to work, God? Why is it always me? Why do I have to reach out to try to restore a relationship, God? I didn't do anything wrong to begin with. I would rather them stay over there and I will live my life happily over here. God was nudging me and nudging me. You need to reach out to your family. Nope. You need to reach out to your family. Nope. I ain't going to do it. I always do it. You need to reach out to your family. And it came out, God, why do I have to? And I heard the Holy Spirit say, because if you don't, it will never happen. We have to worship. Psalm 34, 1 through 3 says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes it boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. There are things in your life that you can say, Oh, Lord, I magnify you because your wisdom is great. Your timing is perfect. You know the beginning from the end, and you know where I'm at right here in the middle, God. I thank you that your hand and that your goodness has been on my life from the beginning until now. In every aspect, even in the darkest of nights, you were there. I questioned God, and I was angry with him. Where were you, Heavenly Father, if you say that you never leave us and forsake us? I was stuck in my healing process at that moment. And then I had a vision. Y'all say what y'all want. I'm just telling you, I had a vision. I was in my house again, particular room. Particular things started happening like they always did. And in the corner, I looked over this person's shoulder and I saw Jesus standing in the corner. And he was crying. He said I've been right here this whole time every night night in night out month after month year after year I've been here I've been looking on you with compassion This is not my will for your life this is somebody's free will he's given us a free will to choose who we will worship some people make poor choices And I saw that, and it broke my heart. Because he saw me in the middle of my darkest pain. He's with you wherever you are at in life right now. He'll never leave you. Here's the deal. God's goodness isn't dependent on our circumstances or how we feel about God's actions. God is God because he God is good because he says he is good. You got at some point in your life, you have to make up your mind whether you're going to believe what the Bible says or not. I had to make that choice and when I said, "Lord, I'm going to believe what your Bible says about me." Your Bible says I'm more than a conqueror. Your Bible says I will have the mind of Christ. It says, you make all things new. It says, you're a father to the fatherless. So, Father, I'm grabbing onto those. You got to do that in my life. I choose to believe that, and I choose not to believe my past and what has been spoken to me and what the enemy has whispered in my ear all my life. I choose not to believe that any longer, God. Exodus 33 and 19. And it says, I will make all my goodness pass before you and proclaim before you my name, the Lord. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious and I will show mercy to whom I will show mercy. We can tag this with what Tony said last week when he said, justice in your way and not God's is revenge. Oh, I wanted revenge. Oh, that hood, that hood was wanting to come out. Oh, yeah. He is the source of goodness, and he's the giver of good gifts. James 1.17 says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. He doesn't change. You are his child, forever will be. Ultimately, God gave us Jesus, the physical representation of his goodness. If we are stuck in the mire of self-pity, we need to only take a glance at the cross. For there, we see God's goodness extending to us through the blood of Jesus. His death secured our redemption forever. Man, when you get the realization that if you were still the only person left here on earth, that Jesus would come and die for you, man. Man. That'll change everything for you. We need not allow our circumstances to defeat us because Jesus defeated death, hell, and the grave. He defeated it for us. We will be able to see God's goodness towards us in Christ when we move from wallowing in everything that has gone wrong with our unrealistic expectations into worshiping Him. Worshiping Him. I have learned in the most difficult moments of my life I'm just going to raise my hand and I'm going to sing as loud as I can sing. God, I don't know how you're going to make a way out of this one but I'm going to trust you with it. God, I don't know how you can even begin to heal this situation right here. I don't understand how you can even begin to use this devastation for your glory but I'm going to trust you for it, Lord. Because I choose to praise you. And my praise will keep my mind focused on him and not on my circumstances. I want to encourage you to praise God. Not just like when, you know, good things happen. Oh, praise Jesus. No, I'm talking like when it's tough and hard, you, you purposefully say, Lord, I'm just going to keep quiet and I'm just going to trust you. I'm going to worship you in this moment, God. Because I can see the evidence of your goodness all over me. I love the second line when he says, I can see the evidence of your goodness. I see, I see the evidence of your, how does, your promises and fulfillment. If you were to tell me that all this junk that I went through inside of here, that it was part of his plan and part of his fulfillment, I would have told you I don't want to know a God like that. Let's close with Proverbs 16 and 9. Proverbs 16 and 9 the heart of a man plans his way but the Lord establishes steps when I gave my heart to God I said Lord I got to deal with this stuff it's time let's go to some counseling okay God if you want me to walk through this junk if you want me to walk through all the mire of this then you got to make me a covenant you got to make me a promise that no one ever is going to lay a hand on either of my children he's like Okay, daughter, let's go. Come on. I had planned in my head that I was going to do this, not for myself, but for my kids. So me focusing on my kids, because they were all that I had at that time. And I wanted to raise healthy and whole kids, but I knew I wasn't healthy and I definitely wasn't whole So I began to walk that out. And over the years, I began to see a plan forming. I began to see a calling happening on my life. And now, from today looking back, I see his promises and fulfillments. I had to go through all of that so I can share with you what I have known, the secrets, some secrets that were revealed to me. I had to go through all that so I could speak rule and raw to women in prison. Look, I know what you're going through because you're thinking this in your head and you want to do this and this and this. Yeah, but let me tell you about Jesus. Let me tell you about Jesus. It's all about glorifying the Father. That's all it's about. Your pain is part of his purpose to fulfill his plan. I can guarantee you that because no pain goes to waste. No matter how deep that pain goes, or how devastating the pain was, it doesn't go to waste. Because there's someone who's coming along a little bit further down the road. They're gonna need to hear your story. They're gonna need to hear how God healed you. They're gonna need to hear how God made your mind whole. They're going to need to hear how he made a way for you because they're flopping around in their own miry, in their own mire. Your life story is going to be somebody else's life fest. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for today, Lord. I thank you that your Holy Spirit is here. I thank you, Father, that we are going to learn to praise you and learn to see your goodness throughout our entire lives, Lord. The evidence is here, Father. I said you would help us focus on you and not the circumstances of our life. When things seem to be overwhelming, God, we are going to reach for you more and more. We desire to have a deeper relationship with you, to be able to hear the whisper of the Holy Spirit. I thank you for freedom. I thank you for each of your sons and your daughters in Jesus' name. Amen. At Freedom, we want to help you have authentic relationships with God and His people, to have real experiences with the Holy Spirit, and to find lasting freedom. If the Holy Spirit speaks to you through this message, or if you want to make a decision for Jesus, please reach out at freedomdl.com slash connect. For more info on freedom, including service times and location, visit freedomdl.com. Thanks for listening.